We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to Rotowire's DFS MLB Podcast Wednesday edition, folks. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie. And we always look forward to working together on this pod to bring you our best FanDuel plays in tonight's baseball schedule. John, off the top, I note, since you and I are both AL East guys with our, based on our fandom, that the Red Sox have overtaken the stumbling Yankees of late. Uh, the Bombers have lost seven in a row. How low can they go? Well, I, th- I think that we can all agree that they were probably overperforming a little bit beyond you know what what could be reasonably expected but i think part of this uh has to do with a bit of a you know a team on the east coast can kind of go out west and get thrown completely off kilter i think we saw it you know last year even with the orioles they went out and they they got just pummeled by seattle they had a, a rough stretch in oakland as well and it can kind of mess you up for a little bit but i think that the talent uh level on this team and the way it's constructed uh with the with this pretty strong rotation not the best rotation probably you know if you named it top to bottom compared to the red Sox, it's probably not as good you know chris sale is obviously kind of the trump card there um, but that i think that offense is clicking pretty much on on all cylinders i expect them to kind of bounce back here so i, I wouldn't be too worried if i was a yankees fan honestly yeah i agree with it there's just too much thunder in that lineup but you did touch on the red sox uh starting rotation and i've had a chance to see david price uh, a couple of times and we note that that the red sox are probably the cream of the crop in this division but price is not cer- not certainly looking like he's ready to help the cause john no since he's rejoined the rotation he's been giving up a lot of hard hit balls and he's gotten into a bit of a flap with the local press and i i gotta ask you 
that's got to be playing on his mind a little bit when he goes to the mound. I don't care how experienced an athlete is. It's tough when you got something going on in the media that's that's gotten in your way to shut that aside. And I just wonder how that's going to affect him and the Red Sox portions the rest of the season if he sticks to his guns. Well, I, I think it's it's one of those things where he's already thinking enough about his elbow, uh, you know, which is obviously what kind of caused the delay to the start of the season. And so when every time he steps off the mound, he's getting hounded with thousands of questions about his elbow. It's like, all right, I'm already thinking enough about it. You don't need to keep it going. So it, it just sort of like adds to something that's already probably a pretty, you know, stressful thing that he's trying to compartmentalize and just take his mind off of when he, when he goes and takes the mound. So I think that, yeah, mentally he might not be, uh, completely where, you know, in a, in a great spot at the moment. I hope he kind of, uh, gets that shaken off there because I'm a big David Price, uh, fan. I love watching him pitch when, when he's, when he's right. But, you know, like you said, uh, the strikeout numbers haven't quite been there, uh, given up some home runs. He's given up home runs in each of his starts, yep. uh, this season. That's certainly a, a bit of a concern. That's not what we're used to seeing out of him so i i have faith that in that he'll be able to turn things around but i just i just hope that uh that elbow is 100 percent right he didn't rush back before and kind of you know maybe aggravate anything in there a little bit and john it's not the only division that we saw a bit of a shakeup in the past week last week i kind of warned our listeners that i thought the cleveland indians were about to get on a roll and lo and behold they have and they've overtaken the twins they've gone seven and three in the last 10 while the twinkies are three and seven and uh, maybe it's a, a case of the best team finally showing up uh, in the Central Division. What do you think? I think so. I think that this was just a, a matter of time type of deal. You know, Kluber was on the DL for a little bit and so on. The, the lineup wasn't hitting to where it should have been. Edwin uh, wasn't hitting to where he should have been. But, you know, like you said, like I said, it's it really was a matter of time that that lineup is too talented uh, top to bottom in the um, the bullpen. You know, that elite combination with Miller uh, towards the back end. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just really tough to top. And, you know, Frank Cohn is just such a great manager to where. You know, outside of the Astros, the, I think the real debate is who's the second best team in the American League, and I think a, an argument can, be, can certainly be made for the Indians. So I'm not surprised that uh, they've kind of caught up with with the Twins, who are sort of almost like the AL version of the Brewers, where that they, they kind of got out to a really hot start and kind of surprised some people for being uh, in the lead of a division where where there's kind of a blue blood uh, that's that's sort of you know, a sleeping giant. And I think the Cubs are starting to make their run um, with Rizzo moving to the top of the lineup. And I think that the Indians similarly are starting to make their run. And I I don't think that uh, once they take over uh, that division, they're going to look back at all. Yeah. You know what? We got about six weeks till the trade deadline at the end of July. And I think uh, it's a sprint now until then to see which teams are the pretenders and which ones are the contenders. And, and you said it best. The cream has risen to the top in a couple of the American League divisions, and uh, Cubbies are starting to get their act together too. So uh, maybe the best teams are just starting to round into form after uh, a bit of a stumbling start for each of them. But uh, we're here to talk about a breakdown of FanDuel picks for tonight's game. Before we get into that, though, I want to remind our listeners to, uh, to follow me, Paul Bruno at Statsman22. You can follow John at Johnny McKex. And uh, I tell you what, John's been red hot with his FanDuel picks of late. We both have ramped up our game, though, in the last couple of weeks, and we've been all over the leaderboard. Uh, 
very close to cashing in the, in the prestigious staff free role in my case, but you did it again last week. John, we'll get into strategies about how that's happened, but uh, some good calls by both of us the last couple of weeks. Should have put some money in our listeners' pockets, and that's why we, sh- we hope they're tuning in listening very carefully today. Uh, let's go through the matchups with a quick preview of projected starters for today's games. Of course, we're leaving up the early starts, and uh, we'll go with the games that start off at 7 o'clock Eastern and beyond, John, so take it away. All right, so starting us out at Yankee Stadium, we have uh, left-hander Jordan Montgomery taking the hill with a 3.78 ERA uh, for the Yankees, going against Ricky Nolasco, two and eight with a 5.01 ERA in Yankee Stadium. Uh, that that's an interesting matchup there. Uh, Yankees uh, heavily favored, minus 2.01. The over/under there is a ten and a half. That's a 7.05 start. Uh, moving down. I-95, we got Baltimore with Kevin Gossman taking the hill, 3-6 and six record with the 6-6 six, six ERA, facing the Indians with Carlos uh, Cookie Carrasco, 7-3 and three record, 3-2-1 uh, ERA. Uh, he, the Indians are minus 152 favorites on the road there, a 9.5 implied over-under uh, there. And then up to Philadelphia, we've got Nick Pavetta in the Phillies, 1-3 uh, and three record, but he just had a great start against Chris Sale, kind of matched him pitch for pitch. Uh, one and three record, four four six ERA going against Michael Walker and the Cardinals. Three and three with a four seven eight ERA. Cardinals slight road favorites, minus one twenty five. The over under sitting at nine and a half. Then we're down in Atlanta with Sean Newcomb making his third career start. Zero uh, two record, but a two one nine ERA uh, facing the Giants and Jeff Samarja, who is two and nine with a four eight one ERA. Slight road favorites there, the Giants uh, minus one thirteen with an eight and a half over under. That's a seven thirty five start. Uh, moving out to Texas, uh, we have the Blue Jays on the road. Uh, Joe Biagini taking the mound, one and six record, four two six ERA. Uh, they are slight road favorites at minus one ten. The implied over under here is eleven going against Tyson Ross, making his second start of the season. That's an 8.05 start. And then up here in these, in these neck of the woods in Milwaukee, we've got Junior Guerra taking the mound for the Brewers, 1-1 one, one record, 2.84 ERA, slight home favorites there, minus 125, with a 9.5 implied over-under. Going against the Pirates, who have taken the first two games of the series, they got Trevor Williams out there, 3-3 three three record, 5.16 ERA. That's an 8.10 Eastern start. And uh, we go to the AL Central for the next start at 8-10. The Chicago White Sox throw David Holmberg on the road against Minnesota. And Jose Barrios, a 6-1 and one record for Barrios, a 2.74 ERA. That's a big reason why the Twinkies are a 180 favorite. And the over-under is set at 9.5. Up next, we got the Diamondbacks uh, throwing Taiwan Walker and his 5-3 record with a 3.32 ERA at Colorado and uh, former Jays farmhand Jeff Hoffman was off to a, an electric start 4-0 with a 225 ERA. The homestanding Rockies are a minus 140 favorite and the over-under set at a rather high 12 runs. They're expecting a lot of offense. Both those teams are noted for it so I'm not surprised, John. I wonder maybe I would take the over in this case even though it's a 12. Mm-hmm. The Astros throw Mike Fires and a 4-2 and record with a 4 ERA uh, at Oakland. The Astros are a, a Slight favorite, minus 112. And the over-under set at 9 for that start against Sean Manea, who brings his 6-3 and three record with a 401 ERA 
That's a 10.05 start, one of three at 10 o'clock. Justin Verlander and the Tigers visit Seattle. Uh, Verlander's 4-4 four four with a 4.50 ERA against James Paxton, one of the best pitching match- matchups of the night. Pat- Paxton, for his part, 5-2 with a 3.23 ERA. Homestanding Mariners, a min- minus 142 favorite. The over-under set at 8.5 for that 10-10 start. And finally, the Mets throw Tyler Pill, 0-2 with a 3.75 ERA at the Dodgers. And Rich Hill, Pill versus Hill. Uh, Hill with a three and three record, uh, rather high, 5.1 for ERA. The the favorite favored uh, Dodgers with the biggest line of the night, a minus 210 with the over under set at nine for that 10-10 start. All right, John. As always, we begin with a look at the starting pitchers as we build our lineups. Let's take a look at the top end of the FanDuel board where we see a trio of uh, starters: Carrasco, Berrios, and Verlando. Verlander as the top three priced hurlers all over the 9,000 mark. Who do you like of these three and why? It really, it comes down to, to really the top two for me. And I know that they're significantly more expensive than Verlander at 9,200. We got Carrasco checking in at 9,800 and Barrios at 9,700. Um, but there are a couple factors that I think give Barrios a slight edge here. I know he doesn't have the track record uh, quite yet as a young pitcher that, that Carrasco has put together over the last few years. But I think Barrios is facing a weaker lineup. Uh, he, he's at home. Um, you know, this is a White Sox lineup that he's facing that uh, against right-handers tends to struggle a bit, and it, it's also just not as good of a lineup, or it doesn't perform as well uh, when it's away from guaranteed rate field in Chicago. So I think that that helps, whereas Carrasco, I don't think that this is a, a lethal Orioles lineup by any stretch. I think Carrasco could could go out and have another uh, shutdown performance, kind of like what we saw out of Kluber earlier this week, but at the same time, um, I, he's a little bit more expensive, uh, and the, the starting pitcher that it's, that's opposing him, Kevin Gossman, I don't think he's as bad as, as, as uh, David Holmberg, uh, go, who's going against uh, the Twins. I think the Twins are going to be able to light up Holmberg, give Berrios uh, the requisite run support he needs, so I give the edge to him. Yeah, you can certainly make a case for each of these three guys looking at their opponent or how how much the opposing team is struggling look at the look at your orioles man they're giving up runs by the bushel full yep. uh, on a consistent basis they've been giving up at least five or six runs every game for the last like over, clockwork over the last two weeks really and fun to watch yeah i <laughs> guess it's got to be you got to wear your hard hat out there in the outfield they're getting Brutal. a lot of uh a lot of line drives a lot of home <laughs> runs against and uh, this is in their band box with a team that's getting their offense in gear. Uh, I really like Carrasco. If you can fit him in at the top mm-hmm. end of the board of the three guys here, uh, more than the other two, I'll say, um, in terms of my leaning. If we go a little bit cheaper, though, John, there's a, about four other guys in the 8,000-plus range that we might make a better case for in terms of fitting into a lineup that gives us some flexibility. What say you about the likes of Samarja, Paxton, Manea, and Montgomery? Uh, Samarja is going to be on the road, but you know this is a this is an Atlanta team that I think is a little bit better than maybe that you know your first glance would suggest, and that that park is not a pitcher friendly park uh, whatsoever. And Samarja, uh, for as good as his control's been this year, he's like not walking anybody, but he gives up a ton of hits, um, and especially in, in you know in that environment, I'm I'm I'd be worried about using Samarja at, at 8800. I think that's a bit rich for me. Uh, Paxton's a guy that. Um, since he came off the DL, hasn't really been the same, hasn't been able to get deep into a contest. And he's going to be facing a, a Tigers lineup that I think is pretty tough. Uh, you know, one through five, maybe even one through six is really, uh, one, you know, a top five lineup in the AL in, in that uh, specific regard. So probably 
a little worried about using Paxton, and he's going to be opposed by Justin Verlander. So you, you worry about the run support a bit there. Manaya, I'm sold on him personally, but I just don't use uh, pitchers against Houston, and, and that tends to serve me pretty well. So that, that's how I feel about this tier of guys. I'm kind of fading the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and you left out the one guy, so I'll talk about a bit about Jordan Montgomery. I really like the matchup that he has tonight in terms of win probability against a guy like Ricky sure. Nolasco, who's just been bombed all year long. And he has some ugly pitcher versus hitter uh, stats. Uh, when I look at the other side, he hasn't faced a Yankee roster uh, because he's been in the National League most of his career. But mm-hmm. uh, tonight he gets that shot. But still, there's three or four guys that have a real good history against him. And uh, the Yankees have to snap this streak sooner or later. And this looks like a spot where that might happen. So I might uh, say fade Montgomery is, is a good call in this price range, too. Uh, I wonder if you're like me. Uh, I think there's really good options in the uh, zone uh, below $8,000, taking us right to the bottom in this range. Uh, John, what are the names that stick out for you? Um, you know, the, and this could very well be a trap. It's been a trap for me several times this season. But but Rich Hill uh, at seventy six hundred. That's so cheap for you know. As you mentioned, when you're running down the probables, uh, he's being opposed by Tyler Pill. And you know, I've watched both of the opening games of this series between the Dodgers and the Mets. And uh, the Dodgers, I mean, one of the Mets beat writers wrote a basically season obituary uh, about the Mets last night after last night's game, the 12, nothing game. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is June. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of tells you where this Mets team is right now. And I think if Hill is going to kind of snap out of his recent kind of rough stretch where he's not going deep into games, uh, this would certainly be the spot. And you got to imagine that he, he is about as big of a lock to get the run support to be set up in line for the win. As long as he, at least holds up his end of the bargain a little bit. And as a, as a kind of crafty left-hander, big guy, uh, he can, he has that ability to get it, rack up a good bit of strikeouts there. So if he's able to, to get you, you know, six strikeouts over six innings, probably let's be honest, he's probably gonna give up a few runs, but if he can keep it to under that quality start level, um, then I would, I would be fine with using rich Hill. But you know, as I, as I warned earlier, this also, uh, certainly could be a trap. You know what? I feel just as confident, maybe more so, about Mike Fires against Oakland. A big, mm. spacious ballpark. Fires has allowed only uh, more than uh, two earned runs only once in his last six starts, it looks like, on the ledger. So, And backed by the offense that Houston can throw out there. They're the, they're the cream of the crop in the AL, no question, year to date. So all those signs point to Fires being a pretty pretty attractive option for me and i'm surprised that he's only priced at 7800 so uh, i i think i'll find a way to put him in one of my lineups tonight i'm pretty sure so in this range i I favor him certainly i like the call on hill Uh, i'm a little wary of joe biagini he's been lit up a couple of times recently for the blue jays they're looking at him eventually as a starter tyson ross on the other side of the coin only making his second start i think this could be a very uh, loud offensive display in in texas so i'm fading both those pitchers Nolasco to me looks like a scary proposition at seven grand hoffman an interesting one if he can hold off that arizona offense at sixty six hundred dollars he's pitched very well of late and he's backed by a pretty solid offense at home too so if you're looking at an outlier maybe that's one way to go to, uh, if you're banking on the consistency that he's thrown year to date but you've said it before uh, almost on a weekly basis that arizona offense fun to watch and very productive so uh take hoffman at your own risk he's uh, probably right. appropriately priced at sixty six hundred dollars uh, and uh, to your to your point about ross and then yeah. then we can move on to yeah. to catchers but um uh his first start out uh 
he uh, and he had. Uh, I was talking to uh, Derek Van Redford this morning. He had a pretty long rehab process to get right. back onto the hill, and he was still topping at ninety, which is two to three ticks below right. what Ross's career norms are. So I think there's some legitimate reason for concern that you know he's still uh, working his way back. It's still taking him uh, a while to get back to that form that we got used to about two two or three seasons ago. Uh, so that's just all the more reason to to leave Ross alone as your pitcher and maybe load up on some Blue Jays. Exactly. There, there's a stack possibility there on both sides of the ball today in that game for me. Yep. Uh, John, before we get into the rest of the positions, we want to give a nod to our friends at FanDuel, reminding all our listeners that we're having a heck of a lot of fun playing FanDuel every day uh, at Rotowire, and I hope that you and your friends are doing the same out there, fans. Uh, fan, there's fantasy baseball for everyday fans when you play FanDuel. New contests start up every single day. There's no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against one another. And uh, they're new this year. There's a, a con- there's a, there are contests for every day, like we said. New this year, though, there's other features that I want to draw your attention to. There's late swap contests. You can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games. No more worrying about a late lineup scratch or even a sudden storm. There's non-late swap contests that are still available. And there's an updated scoring, which gives your starters a bit of a bump. And if they can manage quality starts, you get four additional points to your tally. Friends modes are also available where you can create leagues for your friends. We certainly have one at Rotowire. And I'm creeping up the rankings finally after getting off to a such a slow start but uh, you're on fire john you must be right at the top of the board i gotta take a look at that one uh, i'm close i'm close to the top 10 here out of, out of uh, what like 50 or 60 people exactly. so on our way exactly choose the days of the week that you want to play each week contests will be created automatically that plus there's a leaderboard that'll keep track of how you're all stacking up against one another and john i've told our listeners off the top you're on fire you made the the you made it into the cash uh, again last week i'm getting i've been on the fringe the last two weeks i I'm ready to bust out, I think, and I've got a good lineup again today, so I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, boy, you got the magic touch this year. I mean, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, especially in in a smaller contest, um, especially one where where you know who you're you're going against, there's a bit of a game theory element where uh, you you know that – a certain group of people are going to be uh, like last week everyone was on Pineda and I think that was probably that was probably true for a lot of the tournaments just you know even beyond the road to wire staff free roll um, so a lot of the times that there is sort of that that second tier pitcher that, that can jump out to you and it, uh, that it's easy to fall into that trap, if, especially if that you know they end up you know melting down. So you got to be very careful when you're going away from uh, that top tier pitcher um, and moving down the board a little bit. That you know that you know what you're doing uh, outside of that. And Pineda, his road splits, I think suggested that he wasn't going to do very well last week. So I avoided him as opposed to like the other 50% of the pool that, that went for him. I went, I mean, I went completely off the rails and went with Martez from, uh, from Houston and I, you know, for like 5,500 and he, he gave me exactly what I wanted, which was like a Brad Peacock start. And exactly. that's pretty much what he did. So, uh, yeah, just be, make sure that you nail the pitcher first and foremost. I think anything beyond that, if your pitcher doesn't do well, then, then your odds of, 
you know, as opposed to like if you have Bryce Harper and he goes zero for five, uh, <laughs> you can still cash. But if you, if you have a bad pitcher, it, that's pretty much the end of your lineup. Yeah, it's pretty much lights out. So bad thing to get a pitcher that loses at uh, in the seven o'clock games. Man, oh man, I haven't stayed up Oof, too yeah. late too many times after that. <laughs> uh, so we remind our listeners: have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer at FanDuel. You can be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com/rw. There's a special offer too, John, for new users. Deposit today and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus five free entries. That's up to fifty dollars in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com/rw. All right, partner. Let's get into our position by position picks, starting with the catchers, where we see three guys priced above Buster Posey at thirty-five hundred dollars. I don't think I've ever seen that since Buster no. been in the league, so it's worth a note. And uh, who do you like? That all that said of this four-pack, I'll remind listeners too that Mike Zaninos, who's on this list, uh, wasn't that highly priced last week. I picked him, and he came up large for me. So I'm I'm going to stick with him in this four-pack this week. Yeah, Mike Mike Z's been doing great. Um, I, I would guess that that. Posey or Sanchez probably have to be your guys here. Ionetta gets the course field bump, but um, you know he's going against a guy in Hoffman who's been pretty good as far as a Colorado starter is concerned. Um, I just think that there are guys, you know, pretty much like every week. I, I think that there's certainly a justification for for going towards the top of the board at catcher, especially now that there are there's more than just Buster Posey. It's not just a you know a right. one horse town exactly. uh, so much, um, but. I, I tend to avoid this. I'm, I'm probably going to avoid it again tonight. But uh, Posey, Zanino, or Sanchez, uh, all, all I think, will do well this evening. I'm just going to spend up elsewhere. Yeah, I think it's a matter of budget that keeps me away from these guys as well, John. Maybe we find the, the guys that we're looking for in the next tier, though, from, uh, say, Brian McCann at $3,400 on down to Alex Avila and others at the 3000 mark. Uh, well, Avila is a guy that's been putting together quality at bats. I feel like we've mentioned him, you know, every week it seems like, and you know, no drop off yet uh, to this point. Uh, but he is a lefty that's going against James Paxton, so that probably takes him off my board. Um, I think Castro might be uh, worth consideration, although he's facing a lefty as well. So there, there are a couple little little traps here in this tier. With, with you know, I tend to avoid lefty lefty matchups like the plague when I'm picking my hitters. So these guys you know or even tony walters is a guy who uh you know he gets a righty lefty split and he's at home uh but I, I don't think that he particularly has the upside that some of these other guys do um but these other upside guys don't have the platoon advantage so th- this is a strange tier for me to navigate is there another guy in here that, that you think uh, stands out yeah there's one john and that's tyler flowers for me he's been putting up a career year hitting over 300 he's got the soft matchup against a very hittable uh, jeff samarja who's had a uh, he's been rocked regularly uh, all season long. And I mean, I, I got, I've gotten to watch Atlanta a few times this year, and uh, I'm surprised their record is as poor as, as it is because whenever I seem to watch them, their offense really takes off and, and puts up, up big numbers. And so uh, Tyler Flowers has been a part of that uh, more often than not. So I'll just go with a guy who uh, has looked good when I've been watching him. So maybe I'll make sure I tune him in and see if he helps me cash tonight finally. 
we go down to the sub-3,000 mark to see if there's any other value plays that might make sense. This is a, pos- a position, John, where we recommend usually, if you're going to punt one, catch your spot's probably uh, one place where you can look because down here in the sub-3,000 mark, there's there's some guys that hit for average and, and uh, or hit for power. Uh, Yasmani Grindel, uh, Wellington Castillo, Kurt Suzuki, names that have come through uh, more often than not uh, all season long Nick Hundley when he's hell when he's used by San, San Francisco has been effective and he gets uh, an interesting matchup in Atlanta on the other side of it uh, are these names of intriguing to you or anybody else on the in the sub 3000 attracting your uh, attention tonight yeah I think the the catcher discussion kind of begins and ends with Grandall tonight I just I'm, right. I'm going to be loading up on Dodgers uh, throughout the show uh, I think you know it makes a lot of sense. You're n- you're not really pulling the wool over anyone's eyes by using the Dodgers against Tyler Pill, given not only the way that uh, the Dodgers have been hitting, but also uh, who who they're going to be facing tonight. So I think Grandall 2800. Really, your only aversion to him is just a really high ownership percentage, like a frustratingly high one in both cash and probably tournaments as well. But I don't care. When he gets to face a righty as a left-handed batter, that's where his power comes from. Uh, so I'm all over Grandall 2800 today. John, we'll shift our attention to one of the positions where, again, I think you have to get it right. You, if you have a successful night, it's probably because you picked the right pitcher and you got a good power by a guy going for you. There's five primo options in terms of the 4,000 plus range at first base. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, this guy's all world again this year. Uh, $5,300 makes him the most expensive position player on the board. If you go with him, you're going to have to go cheap elsewhere, but uh, you can certainly make a case with the way the guy's been hitting. And I made the case last week that watch out for double E. Edwin Encarnacion looks to, looked to me like he was getting ready to go on a tear. He's done so in the past week, and tonight he gets another favorable matchup. So of this group, I think if if you're going to fade Goldschmidt just to keep a chan- have a chance to balance your lineup elsewhere, for me, Edwin Encarnacion is the must-play guy in this group, but you may have a different choice. Yeah, but... Double E right now is just unreal. He's he's back to his Toronto form. His home run last night, I think, might still be going. So uh, <laughs> I think 4,000, he makes plenty of sense. I definitely can't blame you for using him. But I'm, uh, I'm, all, I'm all about Bellinger mania. I'm just, you know, the guy is just unbelievable. He's almost caught Aaron Judge in home runs despite playing in almost a month's less uh, worth, worth of games there. So Bellinger... Uh, the power, the power is just so real. The the swing is good, um, and he's again he's going against Pill. I'm using using Dodgers, and if if I'm stacking Dodgers, I'm not going to not use Bellinger. So I'm going to ride this thing out. I don't care if he, you know, if tonight is the night that his home run streak breaks. Um, I I still think that he he has enough of a floor there uh, going with with this matchup and the lineup that's behind him to to you know push him across if he just gets on base. And I think he will. So 4300 it's expensive, but it's right, rightfully so. I say go for it. Well, you can't, you can't go wrong with the way he's been hitting lights out, setting a record, actually, for uh, fastest guy to get, tw- was it, 21 home runs to start his career. That's a remarkable yep. uh, start to what, what we hope is a, a great career for the young man. It looks like the Dodgers, they find these guys every year. That, yeah, unbelievable. Great, great scouting system. I don't know. I'm envious. <laughs> uh, John, there's a, a bunch of other uh, familiar names priced between 3500 and uh, 3900 Jose Abreu, for me, uh, as been another guy who he just looks like he's getting going to get a hit every time at bat the, the way he's been going the last little while mm-hmm. justin smoke priced at thirty six hundred dollars another name just above
above him who has, is off, uh, continuing to pad numbers in a career-type season, already matching career high with his 20th home run, and t- touched the 300 mark in terms of batting average. I think that's a first for him this late in any season in his career. So you got to like what the Toronto uh, switch-hitting uh, first baseman's done this season with regular play. Those are two guys that I like in this range. What say you about them or any others in this group? Yeah, the uh, smoke has been absolutely remarkable uh, this season. He's really tapping into the, you know, the the talent and the tools that that sort of made him a huge prospect a few years back. Um, I think if you if you move down the board a little bit, um, a guy like Yonder Alonso. I know that you're you're bullish on fires tonight. That that's totally fair. But Alonso against a righty uh, usually tends to make a good bit of sense. I know Alonso has cooled off uh, from his ridiculously hot start, but. He still has that, you know, 13 of his home runs this season have come off of right-handers. Um, so I think that he's a guy uh, that, that certainly is worth that 3000 price tag if, you, if you're trying to uh, sort of go down the board and, and avoid that upper tier uh, of first baseman. Yeah, I'll add one more name and near that upper tier. That's Matt Adams. We're going to talk about the situation in Atlanta a little bit later because there's a, a position move that might be afoot just to accommodate the fact that, that he's been on such a tear for the Braves and uh, just another bat that's lighting things up. Uh, and again, that matchup against Samarja screams out to me maybe a stack opportunity for, for Braves fans and people on the Braves hitters in general. So there's a really good value beyond the top four in this position is what we're saying. What about if you go to the bargain basement here, though, John, I mean, there's really not much of a need to do so, but I'll throw out the name of Matt Davidson, who is is on fire for the White Sox and and might be a real uh, contrarian play at $2,700 just because of what he's done lately. And uh, I think sometimes you got to lean on that hot stick and see if he can continue to extend his ways one more day and really be an outlier, put you in a position of being an outlier to collect, just like you said, off the top in your strategy. If you can do something that other players aren't and collect big, it's a real advantage to you. So Davidson might be that play at first base. Uh, anybody else in this grouping for you? I think he, I think he's the one that, that definitely stands out at at under uh, three thousand for your, as far as your first baseman are concerned. I mean, I watched him terrorize the Orioles uh, all four games last week, including a grand slam. Then he hit one uh, on Saturday as well. So he's been he's been rocking and rolling. So at twenty seven hundred, uh, definitely not going to have a particularly high ownership uh, tonight. But I, I do like the the pop up side there that you could you know and like you said, very low ownership potential there. So I like that one a lot. Great. I love getting your seal of approval, man. It's, but it's getting me closer and closer. Uh, at second base, we go to, to a position that uh, we also, it's kind of second to me in terms of fade possibility, just because of the quality of, uh, that we find elsewhere. But uh, four guys stand above the field at 3,600 3, 3, and more. I'm surprised Rugi Adore is one of them, to be honest with you, because he's just not had the year that, no. that we expected from him. Brandon Drury jumped into this mix after being a, a low-owned and low-priced Uh, much of the season but people are starting to notice now that he's a regular contributor to Arizona's success and he's up there DJ LeMayhew and then at the top Jose Altuve make the case for one of them one of them if you can it's it's kind of tough um I I would say of this four you know Drury you know it's just mostly the course field bump um that's putting him into this echelon uh LeMayhew uh, where he hits in that lineup, he hits second. Uh, when Charlie Blackman gets on base, more often than not, it seems like. And then he's got Arenado, uh, Reynolds, Cargo, Desmond behind him. I mean, that's just 
unbelievable. And I know that, that Altuve and the and the Astros lineup is ridiculous in its own right too. But Rockies lineup in course Field, if you if you need to get expensive with your second baseman, if the you know you got some money burning a hole in your pocket, Lemayhu would be my guy. Well, I'm going to say Altuve is my guy. He's getting the match the favorable matchup against a lefty tonight to boot a uh, very spacious park. He goes from foul line to foul line, and he can run as well. So a speed a stolen base is a possibility in the mix. Uh, I think he's a very attractive option. So this might be a case where if you can fit him in, you go to the top of the. I like the call on LeMahieu as well over the other two guys, Drury and Odor. Um, mm. What about if we drop down from 3,500 down to 3,100, John? There's a whole mitt full of guys in this group. Uh, some some uh, guys that are starting around into form like Jason Kipnis. Uh, Sterling Castro has been great for the Yankees. We talk about him more often than not. What about other names in this in this range that you might like? Uh, Dozier against the lefty, I think really stands out to me. I can't believe that he's only 3,500. So that, that sort of, uh, really surprise, really stands out to me as far as, uh, th- this, uh, grouping, uh, second baseman is concerned. And then, uh, classic guy that you and I always like to talk about Robbie Cano, yeah. 3,200. I-, I think that he, you know, the idea of Brandon Drury being 400 more expensive than him, even when Drury gets the course bump, like I still feel like that's that just seems insulting almost. So, but, but yeah, Cano, 3,200, he, he stands out as, as maybe the best value period over this. Although there, there are some other lower price guys that I think are certainly worth consideration as well. Well, take us into that group, John, the sub 3,000 mark. I agree with you completely on the Cano call. In fact, he'll probably be in, in several of my lineups and maybe the staff free roll for sure. Uh, what about in the sub 3,000 range though? Uh, any names? There's a bunch of guys with injury notes there too. Devin Travis, yeah, guy with a knee problem. Cesar Hernandez with an oblique. Jonathan Villar with a back injury. So be very careful about who you're picking. Make sure you get a healthy guy into that lineup. And, sure. Uh, and go ahead. And this is uh, this is a guy that came up to replace one of the one of these uh, you know kind of walking wounded um, Paul DeYoung uh, of the Cardinals here. He's sitting at just twenty five hundred, and he got called back up after Colton Wong got hurt. Um, but he had a, he was pretty successful in his first stint. He's been really good uh, since he came back up. He's three fifty three eighty one seven hundred slash line. I know it's not a ton of games to lean on as for, if you're a big uh, sample size guy, but you know when you're down in the twenty five hundred range, do you want a guy with a track record of being not very good or, or do you want a guy that's shown some upside in, in a you know in a smaller sample size and i think i give the lean to de young uh in that case and he's going out to philadelphia against nick pavetta who i, I do like but i think de young uh he's done so much uh, in such a short time frame and he's not really getting talked about so just 2500 um i think that gives a lot of cap relief especially if you go for a you know one of those uh pitchers that are over 9,000. I think that, that that's a really great way to save today. Yeah, and another couple of guys that you might look at in this range are Howie Kendrick at 2,800, Ryan Goings of the Jays at 2,300. Look at Goings. He's got uh, plus 20 RBIs uh, in limited play in, in, in terms of the offense, the offensive opportunities he gets because he's been platooned. But now with the injury to Travis, he's getting more playing time. And he's been hitting with a little more pop than I expected. And he gets Tyson Ross. You mentioned that it's only his second start this year against uh, in Texas, where I think the ball is going to fly today. So yep. th- those are two other games in, in this range that might be worth a look in the sub 3000. You might be able to find a couple of outliers that are productive enough to make sense. 
and uh, give you flexibility elsewhere. And really, that's what it's about for me today, looking for that combination. Uh, over at the hot corner, third base, where you see a season high, I think, six guys priced at 4000 plus. John, who do you love here, to quote George Thorogood of the Destroyers? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, this is, yeah, this is an awesome uh, group of third basemen today. And, you know, we getting Lamb and Arenado at Coors, I mean, I'm going to do everything I can to, to watch that game this evening. The, the game last night was great. Uh, Granke held uh, Colorado to, you know, I think only two or so runs, but then Arenado kind of was the hero with a, with a RBI triple that, that put them ahead. Um, so, boy, uh, both of these guys both have awesome matchups. Neither of them are facing the opposing team's ace. They're, they're really the only thing holding you back from using either of these guys is price that, you know, you really have to be uh, smart about where you're spending the rest of your money in order to fit a guy like Arenado or Lamb. But to me, they really stand out. If you want to go a little bit cheaper within this same tier, uh, Sano against a lefty would, would absolutely be my call because he gets, you know, Holmberg, a guy that tops out at, I think, like 88. So that just seems like batting practice for Sano. Yeah, I'm going to add the name of Jose Ramirez in here. He's going to get the platoon advantage as a switch hitter against Gossman and that Cleveland lineup. I think they're going to load up and really bury your yep. Royals against Probably. a possibility. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a possibility, John. The way hey, it's not even going out on a limb anymore, man. It's, it's <laughs> to be then, expected. And then uh, for the Jays, of course, Josh Donaldson, uh, he's batting in the top of the order. He gets a chance to fatten up his stats. He's been on fire since he came back uh, into the lineup up on a regular basis and uh i think if the jays are going to go anywhere he's got to continue to deliver the goods and he has ample opportunity to do it here today but uh john at the opposite side of the field uh, at the top of this uh, next range i see adrian belter you know he's one of my favorites and he's moving up the career ladder uh he's within 40 hits now of the 3000 campaign uh total and uh it looks like he's going to be in some highlights later in the season if he could stay healthy but he launched another one last night and i think he's got ample opportunity to do it again today i might be on him in this range next range uh of the hitters at above 3000 and below 4000 what say you about him or any others in this group I'm glad that he's that he's starting to come around. I was worried with you know how long he was out with the with the calf earlier this season. You know, I, I was kind of worried that we were going to be losing a, a season of Adrian Beltre. You know, and late in his career when he probably doesn't have too many more left. Uh, so this has been really good to see. And I think you mentioned earlier that you know Biagini plus the ballpark factors right. here could could help uh, Beltre's cause. Uh, Thirty five hundred. Um, I'm actually pretty optimistic that Machado might actually be turning things around right. a little bit. Right. Um, you know, the way he, he hit last night, he had two home runs that show up in the box score, but he had another one go off the top of the right right field scoreboard. It, it came back, uh, so that only was a double, um, but he's st- he still basically made home run contact three times last night. Um, it really seems like the wrist injury is behind him. He draws a pretty tough matchup against Carrasco, so... My actual th- uh, third base pick here would be Travis Shaw at 3,500 because I, I because Trevor right. Williams, uh, I think he's going to get absolutely lit up in Miller Park. So uh, I, I love Machado and Beltre tonight, but Shaw has the best matchup and price uh, combination here for me. I absolutely love that call on Shaw. I was going to go off on him if he didn't say anything. So good <laughs> call for you. Todd Fraser, another guy in this range who I really like, has been hitting up a storm of late. And Chase Headley, I'll put him in there probably in my uh, staff uh, role because he's got great numbers against Ricky Nolasco. I told you off the top, mm-hmm. there's three guys in the Yankee lineup tonight that projected to play against Nolasco who have owned him 
in their careers. They've probably passed on what they know, too, in the rest of the dugout. So I'll be interested to see when a certain youngster gets up to bat uh, and see if he can launch one 600 feet tonight mm. <laughs> in the highlights. But Chase Headley, I figure, if, uh, if he gets into the lineup, should have a chance to have a productive evening based on the history that he's enjoyed. So keep an eye out for that. In the sub-3,000 range, John, are there any names here in third base that uh, attract your interest as potential surprise picks? Um, Judd Jerko at 2,800, just because he usually hits cleanup. I think, um, you know, I think just it's sort of a lineup slash game context that that sort of uh gives him some appeal i'm not like the biggest jed jerko guy but uh 2800 why not um and then wilmer flores 2700 anytime he gets to go against a lefty i think that's always something that that's pretty appealing uh to for for us dfs crowd um and then moving down uh the one dodger i don't like today is probably logan forsyth and i know it's tyler pill so it's not his usual uh right-hander that he's facing because he's fit he's hitting like under 150 against righties this season um so i think actually moving back to second base chase utley might might be leading off because they're going against a righty right so keep an eye out for that uh but even if forsyth is in uh, i wouldn't use him yeah and i'll i'll give a nod to former blue jay Unel escobar in new york he loves to go to the bronx and has had great success against the yankees in his career and uh, he's been hitting well of late gets a favorable matchup uh, in this ma- in this one against lefty Jordan Montgomery, he, he's mashed righties, uh, lefties throughout his career. So I like the fact that Unel Escobar brings a hot stick into the play, into a favored ballpark of his against uh, Southpaw. Uh, all these factors add up to pretty good possibilities for $2,700. So uh, if you can take a flyer here, that might be where I would recommend. Uh, over to the shortstop position we go, John. And at the top of the list, again, familiar name, Carlos Correa. All-world shortstop for my money, $4,100 stands alone there. But right behind him, there's three other viable options in the $3,700 plus range. Corey Seager, Trevor Story, and Chris Owings rounding out the quartet. Uh, Who of these four would make it if you could afford to fit them in? Uh, Just like the catcher conversation in Grandall, yeah, this begins and ends with Seager for me. You know, he's coming off a three-home run night, so I think a lot of people are going to be chasing those points. But I think, you know, and I think it's a lot of the time it's a good idea to to move off of a guy after he gets uh, hit or after he puts up a huge game. I think a lot of the time the next night he's unable to follow it up. But this is Tyler Pill we're talking about. So I don't need to beat the dead horse again with the Mets. I just think that Seager, 3,700, you know, when he's, you know, potentially a $4,000 player, uh, that's just too good for me to pass up. Well, I'm looking at Trevor's story, what he's done in the past week. He's got four four multi-hit games finally he's hitting like he did uh, in long stretches during his rookie season and you mentioned that i think we could see a lot of offense in this game too so uh, if you're on the rockies tonight he's probably part of your stack and and well suited uh, given the quality of of that lineup and the matchup that uh, is in the offing this evening so he's probably where i'm going to go in uh, in this top four if we don't go to the top four here though uh, the next group uh, above 3,000 from 3,400 down to 3,100 features again the shocking numbers by Didi Gregorius I talk about this guy every week and every week he produces so I'm going to talk about him again and I'm going to be on him again John in this matchup against Nolasco I mentioned part of the Yankee stack Didi Gregorius is definitely going to be central to that at $3,300 I'm not even paying up for this guy the way he's producing I'm surprised he's priced that low 
Yeah, I, I'm completely on board with that one. DD, you know, is pretty much a good play every night, and then you you get in Alaska and at home, and that that just screams like a like an excellent play. Um, and then I, I guess moving down the board a little bit, uh, just a hundred bucks less is Francisco Lindor, yeah. and he's yeah. a guy that we you know we got accustomed to seeing. Uh, closer to the to the Correa stratosphere as far as FanDuel is concerned earlier this season. So this feels like a steal for him. Uh, he's producing uh, more power than we thought he even had. 13 home runs already as a switch hitter against a guy in Gossman in Baltimore. Gossman already gives up a lot of home runs, and uh, being Cameron Yards, it certainly doesn't help his cause uh, too much. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of value underneath that Seager right. tier. I think it's highlighted by Gregorius and Lindor. I love that call, and I mean, you might even find some value under 3000 I love Dansby Swanson tonight against Samarja. He's at $2,900. This is a guy who's, who was hitting 340 in his last two weeks, and he's on base over 40%. Maybe the sophomore uh, jinx doesn't apply to him. It certainly looks like he's found a bit of a groove, and I'm going to ride the hot stick, particularly against a pitcher who is very, very hittable. So $2,900 could be money well spent in this range for me. Anybody else uh, come to mind for you in this range? Um, I think I think Swanson would be my, my sub three thousand guy. I think uh, Tulo at twenty eight hundred might be a trap for people. They right. see the name and they see the price and they right. they assume that there's something, you know, off uh, on Fanduel's end. But it's like no, it's actually off on Tulo's end. Exactly. So, <laughs> so exactly. Uh, avoiding that one, even though it is tempting. Um, so beyond that, um, there's re- Tim Anderson. I I don't love the ceiling there. I think that he's a he's a fair bet to get on base and, and all that. Uh, but Barrio going against Barrios, I think it's just it's going to behoove your lineup to to go either uh, at the lowest Swanson or above at shortstop today. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Uh, we move over to the outfield, John. There's a surprise at the top of the list. This list, uh, that Judge guy, not not at the top. Uh, there's five guys at forty one hundred dollars or more. Uh, the fact that that uh, Judge is not there, that's probably tied to the Yankees slide. But uh, who do you like in this grouping of five uh, five sluggers at the outfield position? Um, you know, Springer's always a good bet to, to lead off the game with a home run. You know, <laughs> you, you check your phone right after first pitch, and it's like, oh, well, he's already hit value. Cool. <laughs> That's it. That works. Uh, I believe he did that last night. Uh, he's going against Manaya, who, again, I, I do really like a lot. But uh, Springer against a lefty, not a bad idea. And 4,300. Uh, I I like him the most. I think I, I mean I love Charlie Blackman, of course, uh, especially going against Taiwan Walker at home. But uh, five thousand is really cost prohibitive uh, for a position player. Yeah, and uh, if you're going to spend forty eight hundred dollars, you are hoping that Aaron Judge probably hits the longest home run that he hits this season <laughs> right. with play, batters on runners on the pond here. So uh, I'm curious to see the highlights of this game if he ties into one off in Alaska. Very hittable so far this year. But I love your sure. call on Springer in this range above all others. Uh, so John, good good one on you. Uh, we go down a little bit lower in into the high thirty nine. High uh, 3,000, 3,900 for Jose Bautista. Ryan Braun is over the calf. You have Spencer Tomas with a groin injury, so lay off those guys. But you got Carlos Gonzalez, Bautista, Brett Gardner, topping the group above $3,500. So let's take it 3,600 and and above uh, and uh, name some names. Um, You know, if Rich Hill has his classic uh, four innings, six run uh, start, it's probably going to be because Cespedes had something to do with it. So 3,900 for Cespedes, uh, he makes some sense. Uh, Cargo, again, Coors Field, um, 
maybe he's starting to get things turned around. I still haven't seen it to the point where uh, I'm completely sold that he's he's the cargo of old. Um, so I think above 3,500 and below 4,000. I like Cespedes a lot, like I said, and then um, I'd like I'd like to kind of throw the, throw this uh, batting practice fastball to you. Uh, what do you think of Andrew McCutcheon tonight? Oh, he's been on fire of late, and you know he's one of my all-time favorite players, uh, never mind in the last five years. I just love the way that his makeup, and, and he's starting to make people forget about the sub the subpar year that he had last season. He's been on such a tear, and I think it continues tonight uh, for $3,700. This guy was routinely priced above $4,000 much of uh, the year two years ago, but last season just his stock took a huge tumble and now I'm just starting to see a bit of a rebirth in him much the same way that I saw Encarnacion turn this season around so two guys that I really like are going to find their way into my lineup tonight and uh, another guy that's probably public enemy is no don't doubt about no doubt about it public enemy number one in Texas Jose Bautista he's Mm -hmm. had three home runs against the Rangers this season and you know what he's done to them in the playoffs he just loves that ballpark and the Jays have had great success there and I think tonight's an opportunity for Joey Bats to continue to show that uh, he can take all the boos and and maybe the odd uh, right right cross as well and still come up (laughs) swinging himself so so uh, I have no problem spending up there to get him in this I think it's gonna be a slugfest today so there's two of my uh, my picks probably for a lot of lineups uh, in this range so uh, let's take it down a notch john and go into the sub 3500 to 3000 range there's a few bats here that have been on fire too uh you know hmm, let's see here i think that this is this is an interesting tier there's a lot of value uh in it aaron hicks you know he just got back into the lineup last night maybe you want to wait and see on him a little bit before uh plugging him in confidently uh, i think eric young has done uh the most with his op- opportunity with mike trout being out uh young you know kind of been a quad a player throughout his career uh really trying to make the most of things and i think you know he's done it for the most part um to to a certain extent uh, he was uh really really hot like two weeks ago but still uh in yankee stadium against uh montgomery not a bad play i suppose uh Marcakis against samarja makes some sense uh mitch hanniger the way he's been playing uh, you know when healthy this season also good and then uh jock peterson against a righty for 3200 so again another dodger uh that's certainly worth consideration this evening yeah and i'll add two names to this mix john two other guys that i'm considering for my lineups tonight that's melky cabrera who's been on a really hot tear of late his last eight games hit does not hits in all of them with some power as well from both sides of the plate so uh, he's got a tough matchup against Minnesota and Berrios but I, I like the hot streak to continue here tonight I just have a lot of confidence in the center of that White Sox lineup it's a bit of a minefield and Cabrera's been a very productive part of it and speaking of minefields in Chicago you got, you can't leave out a guy like Abby Garcia who's ha- having a career season le- near the top of the leaderboard in all kinds of offensive categories and uh, priced at only $3,300 I don't get that one uh, I'll flat out don't yeah, get it agreed. and I'll be happy to take a piece of it so uh hope everybody else fades them <laughs> john what about any uh shocking picks below three thousand? anybody worth talking about from your perspective uh tommy fam another guy especially you if love you're that thinking, guy don't you yeah i'm a fam fan yeah. uh you know if, if you if you're going with some cards i mean 2800 get it 
just yeah. go ahead and get it. I mean, they put like seven across uh, last night in the 11th inning to kind of blow things open uh, against the Phillies. And then 2,500 for Austin Slater. It seems like he's the only guy in the Giants system that can hit. Uh, he's 2,500. Uh, he's going against Newcomb, uh, who's a left-hander. Slater, the right-hander, uh, who's hitting 340 to, to get his career jump-started. And I know he homered uh, last night as well. So if you're a little bit pinched against the cap, uh, need to go down to this this level in the outfield i think slater would be my guy at 2500 yeah normally a lot of people look for uh, the power guy to catch lightning in a bottle down here in this range john but i'm gonna add the name of jared dyson this guy is just scary fast and mm-hmm. at the top of a, a seattle lineup that has plenty of veterans they'll be facing a veteran on the other side of the coin but uh, justin verlander has been uh, as down as as he's been up uh, at times this season. So Jared Dyson could have some fun on the base paths and stolen bases factor into the scoring. So don't forget that. And another guy on the other side of the coin, you mentioned the Mets troubles. Wouldn't Yasiel Puig love to put an exclamation point on some of those with a big night uh, against the Mets for the Dodgers tonight? I think uh, there's some incentive there. Uh, I'll say that for 2,800 bucks. I like that matchup tonight as well. So plenty of value up and down uh, in both uh, in all positions across the board. We hope you give them plenty of food for thought. But now, John, it's time for us to put our lineups uh, to the test. So tell me, who do you like in your lineups tonight? All right. uh, Let's see. You know, these are guys that that I think uh, you and I both highlighted throughout the show. Um, Let's see. So starting off, uh, I'm going the Carrasco route at pitcher. So last week I went with the cheapest pitcher this week, going the most expensive route uh, against a pretty strikeout prone Orioles team. Uh, Moving on to catcher, Grandal. first base bellinger again this is just uh really loading up on some dodgers um this is not something that's going to separate you from the pack in gpps but i think it, it is going to get you points so i feel i feel good about this from a cash uh perspective um second base paul de i'm just sold on him overall and i think that um the team context and the matchup uh out in philadelphia you got to watch out for the weather i believe or at least FanDuel's telling us that there might be some weather out in philly so watch out for that but if he's in uh go for it uh third base travis shaw uh, love the matchup love the ballpark uh love the recent production uh seager uh cory seager at 30 at 3700 is my shortstop du jour um of course after last night's game and just uh you know where he hits in that lineup uh as far as my outfield is concerned i do have christian slater and tommy fam but you brought up yasiel puig and i think that he would make it my fourth dodger which is the the most eligible you can have from one team so it was going to be denard span pairing him with slater but i think i'm going to move off of span and go with puig as my third outfielder and uh, i want a piece of the pie if you do cash again <laughs> okay man absolutely uh john my lineup i'm going to counter with uh, guys that i talked about uh, up and down the lineups and that's mike fires for houston i just think it's uh, too easy to pass up on uh, too hard to pass up on a guy rather who's backed by the best offense in the american league and in that spacious park i think he's going to have the benefit uh, defensively of some some uh extra outs let's say so a pitcher friendly park for a guy who is backed by a pretty pretty good offense Uh, it all adds up to a good value for me at 7800 bucks at the catcher position tyler flowers 
for the uh, in the uh, Giants versus Atlanta game for $3,100. I like that uh, a lot. Uh, like Edwin Encarnacion, I told you guys he was going to get hot and on a roll, and he's one of my favorites in the, the majors as well. Uh, $4,000. Uh, I think that'll be money well spent in uh, the band box in Baltimore tonight. Robinson Cano of Seattle uh, gets Verlander tonight, and he gets him hard, I think, for $3,200. That'll be money well spent as well. Chase Headley, part of a bit of a stack against uh, Ricky Nolasco tonight, along with Didi Gregorius. That's my left side of the infield, uh, $3,000 and $3,300 respectively. Then in my outfield, three bats that are going bonkers of late. And McCutcheon at $3,700. Cabrera, Melky Cabrera at $3,400. And Avicel Garcia, the overlooked guy at $3,300. Can't believe that price tag, John. <laughs> uh, let's see what the lineup optimizer has in store for us tonight. Uh, the optimizer... Uh, as per usual, it likes Rich Hill more than everyone else, but uh, you know maybe tonight this is the night it pays off. Um, you know, again the lefty against a pretty depleted uh, Mets lineup for just seventy six hundred. Uh, again, I might fall into the trap with one of my lineups and go the Rich Hill route. Um, let's see, moving down, catcher. Uh, you're getting uh, Buster Posey against a lefty for just thirty five hundred. I really like that call. Uh, Eric Thames uh, going against Trevor Williams. Um, that you know hitting top third of that lineup. Uh, his power seems to have come back as his legs have gotten healthy. Uh, thirty five hundred at first base. Brian Dozier uh, thirty five hundred as your second baseman. Uh, Nick Castellanos, one of the stat cast guys from earlier in the season, one of the better uh, hard hit rate type guys it seems to be putting it together 2700 going against james paxton uh it also likes Corey seager at 3700 uh against pill and then the outfield combination of george springer justin upton and robbie grossman so a couple of a uh, couple of guys in the in the upper part of that minnesota lineup loading up a little bit against holmberg and then using hill and some premium bats elsewhere is sort of how those uh optimizer views the winning lineup for today and john we're seeing a few teams make some interesting lineup moves of their own uh, none as intriguing though as uh, rizzo and bryant at the top of the cubs order we've seen uh, donaldson batting second in toronto since he's rejoined the jays lineup uh, in good health uh, what do you think about these moves with some bats that we're used to seeing in the three and four spots or, uh, we're seeing them a lot higher yeah, I, th- I think I'm not sure if 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 the batting uh, your be- your best hitter at, at the one spot is something that's gonna that's gonna catch on across all of baseball. But the Cubs really needed something to to get themselves going because that lineup is too talented to be struggling the way that it was. Uh, so plugging Rizzo up there, uh, you know, the latest stroke of genius from Joe Madden, what have you. I, th- I think you know there's really no argument against it at this point. Uh, and then I, I do think that just hitting your your best hat or best hitter uh, out of the two hole uh, seems to be uh, working, and that 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 is something that that I think is working across most of baseball. So I, I really like that move uh, for Donaldson to be hitting there as well. And John, another interesting bit of news comes out of Atlanta, where we've seen a move or a potential move in the offing. Uh, we'll watch out for it. Does Freddie Freeman move over to the opposite side of the infield at third base to make room for Matt Adams, who's been red hot in his absence? Right. That that's a that's a complex situation there because there's really it's really tough to take Adams out and then uh, you know the I feel like the Braves have a pretty set outfield on a day to day basis so you can't like toss him out and left or anything like he occasionally would uh, out in St Louis earlier this season um, so th- this is going to be one to watch but um, 
a, a transition to third base is is far from a transition to to first base. It's pretty tough. You got to make those throws from across the diamond. Yeah. Uh, they call it the hot corner for a reason. So, I mean, if Freeman can adjust, then absolutely, it's a it's a genius move for the Braves. But you know, it, it's it's going to be hard for him to learn the position while getting that wrist fully rehabbed. So, uh, I'm skeptical at the moment, but I'm intrigued as well. So am I. And John, these are just a couple of the constantly evolving rosters and lineup moves that we see all year long. We keep them up all updated on a daily basis at Rotowire, and that should be a big part of your FanDuel prep, folks. Uh, so there you have it for John McKechnie, who's a great follow at Johnny McKex. I'm Paul Bruno, who you can follow at Statsman22, and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody. 